Good afternoon, Patriots. And it's Friday, August 12th in the year 2022. And as we all know, the FBI that loves America so much and the IRS who loves you more, that's why they're arming themselves with the IRS in particular, with millions of rounds of ammo and building up new firing ranges so that they can practice shooting innocent Americans for being late on your taxes. The illegal extraction of wealth anyway. But to address that, because I'm sure it has people in concern about what's going to happen next, don't be worried. Because my pillow has come to the rescue with some of the best solutions ever. No matter how you're sleeping at night, no matter where you are, when you have a pair of my pillow super slippers ready with all traction tread by your bedside, you can be naked and you can still put those slippers on in less than half a second, grab your kit and out the door. You are ready to go. I'll let Mike Lindell tell you all about it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and due to your incredible support, the original My Slippers are almost completely sold out. As a special thank you, I am launching my brand new all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get all my new footwear for as low as $29.98. My all-season slippers are made with my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. They're finished with a breathable fabric so you can wear them all year round. And my new slides and sandals are made with patented impact gel, making them ultra comfortable and extremely durable. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own all-season slipper slides and sandals for as low as $29.98 with your promo code. This is an introductory offer and it won't last long, so order now. Yep, and that's for those tactical slippers. You can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939, and speak to a Patriot Tactical Pillow counselor right there online, or you can go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, and in either event, use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Well, Patriots, things are cooking up with this issue in Mar-a-Lago. Let me play a piece that another person put up earlier today just to kind of give you a rundown on everything that is going on. Let's go to David Spunt live at the Justice Department. Good afternoon, David. Hi to both of you. We're going through this document right now, or this reporting right now, I should say. I want to read some of my reporting from my colleague, Brooke Singman, who just posted this on foxnews.com. Uh, we know Shit's that gonna uh, go down, Patriots. this was signed by Judge Bruce Reinhardt. He signed it on August 5th, and it allowed the FBI and federal authorities to conduct the search of Mar-a-Lago on or before August 19th, 2022, in the daytime, 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. at night. We know there are three pages of items that were taken from Mar-a-Lago. I want to read some of them to you. We're told that uh, the FBI took 20 boxes of items from the premises, including one set of documents marked as various classified, top secretive, and sensitive information documents. The property receipt, which is also part of this, indicates that FBI agents collected four sets of top secret documents three sets of secret documents, and three sets of confidential documents. The list also includes the FBI taking a leather-bound box of documents 
binders of photos and handwritten notes. And as far as the actual property receipt, we're told uh, the clemency uh, letter that was written on behalf of Roger Stone, uh, President Trump's longtime confidant, was taken by the FBI. Also some information about the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, uh, and we're told there were other photos. Uh, miscellaneous box of secret documents. So basically, you get the whole point here. And I'm I'm going through this as we're looking um, that there were some documents taken. However, I suspect, and I don't know this for a fact, that the Trump team will likely say he classified, he declassified all of this before he left office. And the reason I say that is because we've heard many of his allies on television and in newspapers and online explain that he declassified so many documents before he left that it should not be a problem that these were there. However, uh, there are questions about the actual declassification process. I also want to read, Mike and Sandra, the location, this according to uh, the search warrant reviewed by Fox News, quote, the locations to be searched include the 45 office, all storage rooms, all other rooms or areas within the premises used or available to be used uh, by the President of the United States and his staff, and which boxes or documents could be stored. Now, this is interesting because obviously the the media is all, all again or somehow on the front end of getting all this important information for a supposed private and secret investigation. They're saying that President Trump is being charged with the Espionage Act, which is interesting. But here, here's the interesting thing. And I'm going to just let you think about these things. President Trump tweeted out, as it was happening or shortly after it happened, whatever happened to the 33,000 emails that Hillary Clinton had. Now, I don't know whether this, what's, what's how this is going to evolve. And none of us do. The media is painting one story. You've got Patriots painting another. This is a very real war. We need to keep that in mind. And there are real, very real consequences from the standpoint of the corporate America. President Trump is in violation of corporate law in terms of their continuity and they'll make up whatever rules they need to because President Trump is representing the Republic, not the Corporation of America. But that said, just want you to put this little seed in the back of your head. What happens if in the midst of those documents and all those things was Hillary Clinton's 33,000 emails that were erased? That would create quite a conundrum, wouldn't it? I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm going to tell you there's a lot of suggestives that something big has happened there, and it didn't work out in the Justice Department's favor, and it didn't work out in the FBI's favor. And you can almost guarantee that one of the things that it did go on when the media tells you that there was a leaker inside, that wasn't their leaker. That was probably Trump team's Team Trump's leaker that set the FBI up. That's my personal opinion. And we'll talk a little more about this when we come back after prayer, but I also don't know that Ray is who we think he is. There are such things as gray hats, double agents, and I'm going to make a case for that after our prayer. But keep in mind that President Trump's pretty intentional. He's got some strange ways of doing things, but we still don't know what happened to Hillary's 33,000 emails, and if the FBI was to manage to get them in the raid, that would mean they would be entered into evidence. Just saying. So, Patriots, it's 11 minutes after the hour. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we come each day, and thank you for this Friday. 
end of a week of more crazy as we head into the weekend and take hopefully take some time for Sabbath to reflect with you and spend time with you. Father, we just thank you for all that's been blessed with eyes to see as we continue to watch this charade unravel and unfold. We are truly walking in a time of theater, deception, and which creates an enormous amount of confusion and chaos. We're going to begin today's prayer, Father, with just prayers for people to anchor themselves on the rock of faith, to be solid with where they are, to be clear in this walk ahead, to step aside from the rhetoric, to seek out if they're going to find a pulpit, to seek out pulpits of truth and strength, pulpits that are going to teach the word of Jesus. We pray for the strength in patriots' hearts to assume and step into the roles of discipleship and what that means in its fullness and its entirety. The responsibility that that places upon people to walk boldly into this world, to take this task before them truly as a willing and heartful giver, accepting the, the challenges that lie ahead without fear, and to truly embrace the legacy and memory of all that that walk entails and demands. Father, this is a time right now when we start to see the shaping of a new type of soldier, one that walks in the, under the banner of Christ, one that walks with the strength of understanding purpose and intent, one that understands that many of the things that we do will demand that the tasks that we do are in isolation, that they're often far from familiar faces and voices, and that can only be accomplished through you and the guidance of you and the love in Christ Jesus. This demands a different type of service in this time of a world where so much is in chaos, so many people have never met you, don't even have a concept of what it is to have a true father. So many people have had the term Jesus so deeply scarred into their thoughts and their perceptions that they rebuke even the idea of the word. And so it's there that we have to find our service in this time, in this place. A place where we have to literally walk boldly with courage to know that you're with us at all times and to never surrender into the enemy's arms or to the enemy's influences, threats, or strength. Because we know overall that the enemy is nothing in the, as we face him as long as we walk boldly with you. Father, this is a time when there remains a lot of confusion on the path because so much is always about a me generation. People rebuke church. People rebuke faith. People rebuke all things because it's not what they want, they see, they desire. And so, Father, we pray that many will start to be freed from that misconception, that their hearts will be opened and they will begin to see clearly, true with eyes to see. And that begins with a reflection on ourself, where we are, who we are, and to own that with accountability and responsibility in the moment. We're in a time right now when we're seeing an increasing number of people die as a consequence of this injection. We're seeing an unbelievable shift in our demographics in our nation. We're still seeing an extreme polarization. We're watching events unfold that have little to do with our daily lives, and yet they consume us as if they're going to change us 
or threaten our homes and our families. There's no question that we have to remain vigilant, watchers on the wall. But as a responsibility for that, Father, we pray for the strength of the many to now be building, to putting the brick in one hand and carrying the sword in the other, to literally be active in reforging, rebuilding, and being vigilant in the moment rather than worried about the futures or consumed with the burdens of the past. For that, Father, we just pray that in this moment that so many will seek you, seek forgiveness and repentance for the way. Those that are walking with Christ to make that a regular activity, that as we know that we will stumble, to seek that forgiveness and that repentance and then stand back up with strength, not to walk with the burdens and weight of the world upon the shoulders as if we're supposed to remain guilty and incapable. We have to begin to own, Father, the idea that we have dominion over this world, dominion over evil, and not be shuddered away by the constant telling and the lies in the media and the lies of the narratives that we are somehow inferior, lesser. And it's always they, those of the billionaire class, those of the elites that want us to believe that we are not like them, that we are lesser than them. Little do they know. So Father, in this time, we just really pray for that revival of the true love and power of Jesus within each and every person to start to understand that there's something much greater in this world than just the routines of a daily life or the, what's in the bank account balance or what the work order demands, but that we are so much more capable, so much more potential, that the gifts and talents that you've given us can reach so far, and there's really nothing before us that we can't achieve. And part of that, Father, is just to see the true freedom of and sovereignty in each individual begin to rise and to glow to start seeing people taking more and more responsibility for their lives, to break from the corporate nipple, to break from the dependency on the corporate architecture and infrastructure, and to start once again coming together as communities, building bridges, working to foster strength centered around the love in you. Guide us, Father, in these times. These are challenging times. Give us eyes to see with deep clarity into the heart. Give us ears to hear that and Listen closely to all that you provide and guide us in. Let us not be deceived. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So much of this world that we are in really depends on truth and people willing to face the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I think that takes care of about 70% of our population right there. <laughs> They're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want the truth. I didn't want that type of truth. I wanted another type of truth. Oh, my goodness. What craziness abounds. And there is a lot of it right now. And the deaths are still stunning to me. 43-year-old medical doctor, author and editor, dies suddenly after a seizure. Anne Hetch dead at 53. Well, of course, she helped that along by driving her car into the garage or something and blew it up and lit it on fire or some doggone thing. But we've had reports of the highest levels of, of mobilization of ambulances ever. So what we're literally seeing, and this is what I, I'm going to go back to where I was before, the, the world as we know it is is changing. That's something that we have to embrace pretty wholeheartedly. The caution I will always give 
is be cautious on rushing to the narrative that everything is the Democrats' fault. And it's just like, we'll start with, with Director Ray. Director Ray, I, I can't speak to this for certain, and I'm just giving you an opinion of a possible scenario. But it is equally possible when we look at some of the craziness that's going on in Mar-a-Lago and you start to ask yourself, like, how did President Trump have his statement so ready so quickly following the raid? And how did Hillary suddenly come out with a line of clothing? Because it's not Hillary, but line of clothing. They was talking about all but her emails following the raid. Why was that all known and readied and, and queued up? And people aren't taking these details as important as they are. They're reflections of something that's much more planned and organized. We know that the FBI was heavily involved in the Russia-Russia issue and its its senior leadership is deeply corrupted. And with that, keep in mind that if you're going to shatter the FBI, you're you're still going to need people within. So one one possibility is that Ray is working both sides and that he's basically using the FBI to unravel a lot of things and at the same time burn the FBI to the ground. Don't think that's not possible. The FBI is going away, but I also always warn on caution. If the FBI goes away, who's picking up the investigation on the deep state? Very important question that we don't have answers to right now. And on the other side, also take a look at these characters that they keep throwing out before us. This is a movie in this sense. We all live in a movie on a stage. Klaus Schwab is the classic villain. Bill Gates is another classic villain. Fochi has become another classic villain. Trudeau, another classic hand puppet of the deep state and villain. All of these people, all the line under Soros, all of these people, all the line under the Democrat Party in one way or another, deep state and Democrats. In the midst of here, we're not talking about compromised Republicans like Lindsey Graham, who suddenly back up on Fox News as some sort of solid voice of reason. The same Lindsey Graham that was pushing for the, all the things against Trump in, over his time. And let's not forget his support for the Ukraine war. So there's a lot of things here that we don't have answers to. But I'm cautious always when they are pitting one or the other solution, the, bi, the bifurcation, the bipolar view of the world of yes or no, the Republican or the Democrat, this is much deeper than that. No one's talking, well, Tom Cotton is, but it's a joke. No one's talking about BlackRock, Larry Fink. And no one's talking about how it is that on the day after the raid at Mar-a-Lago, BlackRock announced its new office 3.9 miles away from Mar-a-Lago, shifting 20% of its assets or $1.7 million trillion, excuse me, $1.7 trillion worth of assets to West Palm Beach, 3.8 or 3.9 miles from Mar-a-Lago. That doesn't happen by accident. So there's a lot of shifts going on. And with this, I believe we are witnessing the Great Reset. And it's not the way we would like it, but it's happening and it's not going to be, I don't know what the end point is, but I will say this. And this goes to a very important perspective, which I'll get into tonight. Yuri Bezmanov, who I've played before, which he goes through the four stages of ideological subversion. He's a KGB defector. And he talks about how at a certain point, those that support the revolution will be the first ones lined up on the wall and shot. Well, patriots, I need you to look around because those that all lined up on the wall those that all lined up to support this great reset and the woke culture, 
it's pretty interesting because all of them took the shots and most of them took the boosters. This is a global reset, all right. We are watching people get slaughtered. And the problem is that we don't really know where we're going and we don't know what to trust. But we do know one thing. We can trust always in God in those steps that he puts before us and on our heart to do. That's why these prayers become so important. This thing is unraveling at a rapid pace. Violence is becoming extreme. You have technology, robot-assisted issue, like robot-assisted devices, even technology that's indicating that there is now going to be the potential for fully autonomous robot police. And that seems to fit pretty well when you start to look at the collapse of society and the great new reset and awakening. So we have to be cautious. As food plants collapse and starvation looms, you know very well that the solution they're going to offer is going to be genetically grown crap in these warehouses in the cities. Cities become the new feudal orders, the new castles where people from the from the fields can rush into the cities to be safe as they wall them up. I'm not making this up. Just look at the facts. And this isn't some sort of raw conjecture. The indications are we're being herded. And I'm always going to put a red flag up. I don't like the fact that we're not talking about open debate. We're talking about one person, one party over the other. And that gets to be very concerning after a while. And it's too easy to fall into the traps because everybody wants an easy way out. They want to know that the political system can be fixed. They want to know that we can do that through the simple election process. Just vote in November, please. Don't worry about anything else in between. Just vote in November. and It'll all be better then. We'll have that red wave and we'll all be happy. This corruption is deep, deeper than we've ever imagined. It's the corruption that goes to the school boards that decide when you start to send in auditing teams that they're going to not talk about anything and they'll do everything behind closed doors. These people are within our communities. They're the ones whose hearts have been turned to darkness. And they're willing to do anything and everything to push their cause, including sacrificing children with shots and mandating masks to break their will. If your children are still in public schools, you're, you are sacrificing your children, which is no different than a sacrifice to ball. The difference is they're, you're not watching them burn. You're just letting their souls be destroyed over time. There's responsibility in all of us for each one of us. The walk that we make now has consequences. There's no doubt about that. And we as a people have to start understanding that we are going to be held accountable for the decisions we make. That means at times we're going to have to make hard choices, not easy choices. And in the so doing of the hard choices, we're going to have to face whether we want to cling on to what was given, the ideals that we were hanging on to, or the material things that we are attached to. Because at the end of the day, none of that matters. What matters is our walk with Jesus. What matters is that we're pursuant of that life as God leads us. That's seeking the heart of God, seeking his face. And that's the real challenge that lies ahead because people are tired. They want a way out. And that's not necessarily God's timing. This is about his path, his requirements, his demands upon us, and for good reason. It's part of our inheritance. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. Our prayers right now should be focused on trying to hear him more clearly. In the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. 
We are at war. Walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, 
we climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.